how would you like to be able to take the lid off of all the games being played politically in Iraq and really see what's going on underneath the scene? We're going to do that today in an interview with Farid Yakub Elia. You are going to be amazed at the insights this Christian Assyrian who serves in the parliament of the Kurds is going to bring to you today. Stay with me. I'll be right back. Finding and knowing God is a faith walk. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Our hope lies in the coming Messiah, who will establish God's peaceful kingdom on earth. This is Faith Walk with Ron Susak. Dr. Ron is an evangelist committed to encourage and equip your faith walk as we pass through these turbulent end-time days, awaiting that soon-coming kingdom. Here again is Ron Susek. I'm talking today to Carmela Borashan. She will be our translator as I'm interviewing Farid Yakub Elia. Thank you. We are going to be sharing some great insights into Assyria, uh, or rather uh, Assyria, but also Iraq, and the relationship between Assyria and Iraq. And uh, so we're going to begin with some questions. And I, first of all, uh, Farid, I wonder if you would be kind enough to just give me a little update on your family. You're married, have children. I was born in 1972. He is married. He has four children, two boys, two girls. And his lineage is full of pastors. And they have close to 14 pastors or deacons that are involved in the churches. So he comes from that lineage as well. He has a bachelor's degree in language and he is getting his master's in Syriac language, which is a different dialect from the Assyrian language. He has been very involved with the Assyrian schools. We have schools from first to 12th grade, all curriculums in Syriac language. For five years, he is a member of parliament of KRG, Kurdistan regional government, because Iraq has two parliaments. Mm. He is an author. He has written several books. He just printed a dictionary that is all scientific words, English, Arabic, and Assyrian. They translate in three different languages. I want a copy. <laughs> he will send you one. Farid, what, what drew you into politics? I started working for my nation where help was needed. And as Christians, we face many challenges. And we have noticed that we slowly, our nation is getting out of that region, which is their region, their country, the Nineveh region. And so I got involved 
and the, not just I, my colleagues as well, in the culture aspect of our nation, education, politics, in order to be able to voice the plight of Assyrians, and everywhere that help is needed for my nation, I am involved in it. I stand in the position to help my people teach our own people their own history, their own language. Because of so much fraudulence in that country, I and my colleagues have to get involved in politics in order to make sure that rights of Assyrians Christians is not lost. That's why I and my colleagues are more involved in the politics of it too. I was born in a village called Villa, had more than 200 years uh, this village was established there. And this village is close to the border of Iraq and Turkey. We had 500 households there and seven churches because of PKK, which is a communist party of Kurdish people that resides there. Turkey keeps attacking them, throwing bombs. It has basically destroyed that village that resided there for 200 years. Years. What do we do now in order to survive? We are looking for a place. This is the only last chance left for us to survive there, our own homeland, our ancestral homeland, uh, either a Ninvah plain governorate or somewhere a little bit in the north. We have to do something in order for our people to be able to survive. We're going to be coming back to that, what you're saying in the, in, in the near future. Okay. That's critical information. Hi. Now, Dr. Ron has been talking to us about the end time days and wants us to prepare for the coming kingdom. And he has written a book titled The Assyrian Prophecy that is a missing part of the end times puzzle. And he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Write, for these words are true and faithful. The world is not ending. God is preparing a new world soon to begin. An ancient nation thought lost to extinction is soon to rise anew to prepare for that day. Isaiah identified this nation in a prophecy that has been hidden in plain sight for some 2,700 years. Its name is Assyria. My new book, The Assyrian Prophecy, reveals how Assyria will join with Israel and Egypt to bless the world under the soon-coming Messiah. Amid today's chaos, God is searching for righteous people through whom He will bring the prophecy to completion. When you reach the end of this book, one question will be in your mind. Lord, what would you have me to do? You can learn more at theassyrianproject.org. Explain for Americans and Canadians and people on this side of the planet, the, the political structure of Iraq, the central government, the Kurdish government, where, how the Assyrians fill into that. The country of Iraq, unfortunately, is has a basically is a lawless country. Does not have a strong law. We were expecting after the 2003, Iraq will have one parliament, one strong law, democracy, honesty, and respect for all the residents. Unfortunately, law is not strong. It is only works for the people that have 
power in the country. The country does not help us, especially the minorities have basically no rights. We have become Assyrians or Christians have become second, third, fourth citizens of the land. Fraud and corruption runs the country. The Islam is growing and is a law of Islamization. We as Christians or Assyrians have a different culture, different history, different language, and different faith. We want to live in peace. We want to live honestly. And we have done so for many, many generations and throughout the history. But at this point, we have a hard time surviving in that kind of a country. What has been the aftermath effects of ISIS? Emotionally, politically, culturally, what, is the, what has the impact lingering to this day? ISIS is nothing new to us. If I go back through history for 1400 years, we have been facing the same thing that ISIS did in 2014. That whole region, Iraq, Turkey, Iran, Syria, had close to 8 million Christians. Now, in Iraq, we have 200,000 left because we have faced these persecutions throughout the history. 1915, uh, the genocide, it's known as Armenian genocide. In Turkey, in Hekari, Urmi, in Iran, in Habania, a town in um, Iraq, we lost uh, millions of Assyrian Christians because of the massacre for our faith and our ethnicity. 1933, 5,000 Christians were slaughtered in Simele, which is a town in northern east, uh, west of Iraq. The Church of Sid Najad, people were sitting there praying when people walked in there with machine guns and slaughtered them and killed them. We have close to 65 churches that have been destroyed in Iraq. I ISIS is a mentality that exists among people. Now we see it in media, but it is nothing new to us. Our people have lost complete trust in the government because there was no protection of the citizens of the land, and the situation is extremely bad. Our people are leaving at a very fast pace for their survival. Hekari, which is southeast of Turkey, has no Assyrians left. The churches in Iraq have turned into museum. We're used to have many, many churches there, and Christianity was very vibrant there. Iran, he did a research on Iran more than 100 churches were residing in the Urmi area, which is northern west of Iran. For 150 households, one church was built, roughly. So apparently there used to be 15,000 Assyrian Christians in Urmi itself. But now 5,000 Assyrians left throughout the whole country of Iran. These churches in Iran are either destroyed or left for ruins or 
are empty. I went to one of the churches, a Muslim man came and opened the door. That means there are no Christians left to open these doors for us. In Syria, similar thing, 40,000 people resided there, now close to 1,000 left roughly after the ISIS. And they all these countries, because of their faith, they see us as a threat. So they're doing everything to push us out of that region. Even though we are the indigenous people of the land, our faith, our history, our ethnicity, everything is different. But we are the people of peace in that region. Romeo Hakari is the General Secretary of Bet Narain Democratic Party. Tell me about him and the party and, and what they're doing and what value there is. Hey, Romeo Hakari is Romeo Hakari uh, is a president of Bednahrin Party. He was elected recently again as a president. What he does is what he thinks is correct, but we do not agree the way he runs things. I bring all the needs of my nation to the table with KRG government of Kurdistan and the central government of Iraq. We constantly go and present our issues, all the struggles our people have. In 1992, there was a law that indicated only Assyrians vote for Assyrians or Christians vote for Christians because five seats in the parliament were allocated for Christians. But unfortunately, after 1992, in 2005, they dissolved this law so everybody can vote for whoever they want, which caused a problem for us because we lost our seats to the people that are part of the Kurdistan Democratic Party. And they were Christians that were part of that party, and they were pushing for and are pushing for the agenda of Kurdistan regional government. I have tried, and our party as well has tried very hard to re-implement this law. It has gone to the both parliaments have declined it, but it is in the federal court that overrules all these, but they're not sure if it's going to happen. In the Iraq region, the government that is connected to the central government, we can see that Ryan Kildani, who ran under the name uh, Christian, but he was a puppet from Iran, and the money was dumped quite a lot in that region in order for people, non-Assyrian or non-Christians, to vote for him so he can take over the seats. Who are the Kurds? Where did they come from? And why did they come into the Mesopotamian region? 
The history of Erbil is very old. It's one of our oldest cities in Iraq. Erbil means house of God. But now Kurdish people in that region claim it as their own city. The name of Erbil changed to Hedyeb after the Christianity started in Iraq when Assyrians became Christian and accepted Christ. Many, many patriarchs lived in the city of Erbil. City of Nuhadra or Duhok has more than 4,000 years of history. Changes has happened, as I mentioned, for more than 1,400. We have been the victim of Islam. We have been slaughtered, killed, kidnapped, and everything else that they tend to do to Christians. Our number is decreasing, their number is increasing. We want to live in peace. This is our faith. As Christian, we don't want to fight. We are very peacefully addressing all our issues. As you can see, Patriarch Mark Benjamin Shimon was killed by simple that they are putting him on pedestal and talking very highly of him in, uh, in the history books. Between 1840 to 1920, 250,000 Assyrian fighters were killed by Kurds and Turkish people in the Hekari region. So even if we want to fight, they're more in numbers than we are, but we are not fighters. Every inch of that land speaks of our history. Every inch that they look into its Assyrian history, we are indigenous. Kurds don't have a history there, even though they're claiming it. In 1514, the Kurdish names start coming out. That's when we start hearing about Kurdish people. Psalm 62.5 For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from Him. There are endless reasons why people feel incomplete, those reasons are like false gods commanding your heart. Look to God alone for your value and purpose. Look to God alone to deliver you from assaults. King David had armies wanting to kill him. David had family and friends wanting to destroy him. He gave the secret of the solution. Psalm 62, 5 For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is in him. Just recently, a man whose name I can't pronounce, Jevrai, 91 years of age in Turkey, he returned to Turkey just recently to rebuild his life in his home, and uh, he was shot dead with five bullets. Recently in uh, Iraq, because of a curfew, a man was trying to rush his wife to the hospital, an Assyrian rushing his wife to the hospital at two in the morning, and they would not let him through a, uh, a stopping post. And uh, fortunately, I understand that his wife survived. But um, is this simply the tip of the iceberg of the kind of things that are being done to oppress the Assyrian people? 
This gentleman, Gervan, 91 years old, he, uh, in Turkey, he lives there. That is his village. It's a Syrian village. All his children live in Western countries. He wanted to live there, that they killed him. The other one, the curfew in Iraq, uh, the Nala region is a mountainous agricultural land, has seven Assyrian villages. They live there. The checkpoints that they're putting them, they're putting them before you enter Nala which causes a lot of hardship for the people in that region. I have brought it up to government entities to put the checkpoints after Nala region. So would block the PKK, which is a communist party Kurdish organization, in order to come into Nala. If you're putting it before Nala, PKK can come and go as they please. But put it after Nala villages so they won't enter into the Nala and our people can comfortably move around. They do these things in order to make our people frustrated and eventually leave. What should Christians in the West in other parts of the world that is not under this kind of a problem. What and how should they be praying? We want prayer, help us financially, work for the cause of Assyrian, talk to the American government. They removed Saddam, but after removal of Saddam, all of these things start happening. America has enough power to put pressure on governments of Iraq regarding the land grabbing that is happening, Islamization law, law of election, and law of Simele. These are the things that need to be addressed and put pressure on United States government because they do have the power. They still have power in Iraq. Israel was enslaved under the Persians, first the Assyrians, then the Babylonians, then the Persians. And um, suddenly God raises up a Cyrus who doesn't even know God. But Cyrus says, God told me to return you to Jerusalem, which he did. I've been told that that is the greatest financial gift sizable ever given in history. He had to escort them militarily. He helped them rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and etc. When God puts his finger on a modern-day Cyrus on behalf of Assyria, what action must he take? God says in Bible, Assyrians are the rod of my right hand. And in the book of Isaiah, we believe in the promise that God has given that we will return. We have faith in Christ and in the Bible. And we believe in the future of Assyrians. However, our lives are short. We see our people leaving. We see how you're shrinking, but our tolerance and understanding of God's is very limited. But we still have that faith that he will rise us up. The Assyrians have two advantages that I see. Number one, they are the historic possessors for 4,000 years of Mesopotamia, the land between the rivers. 
and they also are named in a prophecy. And when God gives a prophecy, that is as binding as a covenant to God. It has to happen because every word that comes out of the mouth of God never returns void. That is our hope. My passion is to do everything that I can by the power of God and by the means that he provides to make the church at large aware of this prophecy and the people of Assyria, what they're going through today, what they, they need to have, as well as hopefully God will use that to awaken governments. Just address what I've said in, in your perception of, uh, of how you would word that. We have hope, we have faith, and I hope you will be successful. We have more than 4,000 years of history in that region. But for the last 1400, we've been slaughtered and killed. But due to our faith, we call ourselves martyrs for Jesus. Thank you so much. I, that's a beautiful answer. Thank you. You are um, obviously a man who speaks truth. Very kindly, but very forthrightly, you speak truth. That's not a safe thing to do in uh, not only in Iraq, but increasingly here in America, as you well know. Suddenly, we're discovering that um, our Christian roots have been driven into the ground, and um, we have forces rising up in our universities and in other places that have been schooled in layers and layers of lies and deceptions and so forth. How do you stay safe? I have to be honest because I am a Christian. I'm not scared of evangelism. Christians are not afraid of evangelism. We're not afraid of honesty. We're not afraid of fighting for human rights because we know God is with us. All Christians have God's spirit, and that's what is the force behind us. My life and our lives is in the hand of God. One day we will leave this earth. But what is life if we can't help others? Are we afraid? We are afraid. But we have to fight and move forward. As I mentioned, we are a nation of martyrs for our faith. They are trying to stop our language. They're trying to push us out of there. But we know we have something much more important that we have to fight for. Now, Dr. Ron has been talking to us about the end time days and wants us to prepare for the coming kingdom. And he has written a book titled The Assyrian Prophecy that is a missing part of the end times puzzle. And he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Write, for these words are true and faithful. The world is not ending. God is preparing a new world soon to begin. An ancient nation thought lost to extinction is soon to rise anew to prepare for that day. Isaiah identified this nation in a prophecy that has been hidden in plain sight for some 2,700 years. Its name is Assyria. 
My new book, The Assyrian Prophecy, reveals how Assyria will join with Israel and Egypt to bless the world under the soon-coming Messiah. Amid today's chaos, God is searching for righteous people through whom He will bring the prophecy to completion. When you reach the end of this book, one question will be in your mind. Lord, what would you have me to do? You can learn more at theassyrianproject.org. This has been Faith Walk with best-selling author, pastor, and evangelist Ron Susek. We're certain you appreciate Dr. Ron's straightforward teaching of God's Word, along with his strong invitation to find salvation through Christ. But he needs your help in spreading the gospel to the far reaches of the world. Join our team by going to faithwalk.org and clicking on Partner With Us. Please accept and enjoy your copy of The Assyrian Prophecy as our personal thank you for standing with us at Faith Walk. Well, thanks for being with us today, and we hope you'll join us again next week as we find courage for the journey in our Faith Walk.